You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. anticipated new Marvel uh, Phase 4 film, the last Phase 4 film, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is now out. And a lot of people are excited who aren't in the normal Marvel like fanboy thing. Like I, I work at a theater as well, and I saw people coming in who, like, I don't even like Marvel films, but I'm going to see a Black Panther film. Goddamn right. I mean, that first one made a Billy, or like two Billy. I mean, that's not uncommon for Marvel films in general, yeah, but, but that one made like a ton of money. It had like, nominations and shit. Yeah, it, it was won like, awards. Yeah, yeah it know? was a big deal. I mean, people, and it is, it is a big deal of them doing like, hey, in the context of Marvel Comics, the way that character evolved, where it was like, hey, you know, the most powerful nation in the entire world, the most advanced scientific nation in the whole world, the one you do not want to fuck with, is all black people. Right. Like that struck a chord unsurprisingly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and everyone in it was great. And now we're here talking about the second one. And I I think there's a lot of things to say about it. And, and, you know, I mean, the unbelievably unfortunate Mm. like situation of the lead star of that film dying of cancer, which was, you know, traumatizing to many, many, many people. What a talented, incredible guy who you're like, oh, wow, like you would have gone on to do such great things. Yeah. And when knew he had cancer, even if he was doing some of his final movies and just kind of played it down, it's like, no, I just want to work until I can't work anymore. God damn. Yeah. Like it's a real tragedy. So you go into a sequel to this where you're like, okay, the lead character, the titular character is no longer here. And how do you do that? How do you sell that? They do it just the way that, like they did the Return of the Pink Panther, or was it the Son of the Pink Panther? Oh God! 
where they just got some guy who was like the son of Clouseau. Roberto Benini. Roberto Benini, and they just like recycled old clips. You know, it was like a clip show. Yep. You know, I'm like from Pink Panther to Black Panther. I'm just saying there what was an Ro- evolution, and they what figured if Roberto out how to do Benini it. had been the new Black Panther? That would have been interesting. Ooh, <laughs> I would have seen that out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That was the big question for a lot of people going to this film. Like, wait, how are you going to? It feels like, wait, are you going to recast Black? It seems too soon. There's a lot of that going on. Sure. And, uh, Marvel, and, also, and also, who would play that Marvel character? Marvel Universe runner Kevin Feige was very like, this is more about Wakanda than it is about Black Panther specifically. And it, I it definitely almost, agree with that. Yeah, it almost seems like the, the subtitle for the film Wakanda Forever is almost like the real title. Yeah. Other than Black Panther. Well, they got to put Black Panther in the title. I mean, it was their bit, it, it was a huge hit. It won awards. As Chris was saying, it had such high visibility. There was no doubt that there was going to be a sequel, except when your star dies, what do you do? And, you know, I was kind of one of those people who said, you know, a character that iconic, that important is bigger than any individual actor who plays him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it it would be unfortunate not to keep it going. And this does a pretty good job of threading that needle of not feeling exploitative, of honoring the memory of Chadwick Boseman, of incorporating his passing into the story. But, you know, no, they did a really good job. They did a great job of threading that needle of not being exploitative, of acknowledging his passing. And more importantly, working it into the narrative because the effect it has on Wakanda and specifically the members of his family really is the main storyline going throughout this whole thing, even without the Namor subplot. Yeah. It's not really about the missing shadow of him in terms of the plot, although that certainly comes up a lot, but it it really is about Wakanda in and of itself and the dream of Wakanda and, uh, also about colonialism and Avatar too, but anyway, oh we'll get into God. all that stuff. I'm Chris, and I because Wright said no, I won't do it. I'm coring this review, and uh, joining me is Wright. <laughs> this is the non-core host, Wright Sulek. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, You're co-core. I'm co-core, and then Marco. I'm Marco. Yes, I am also here. And we have an actual black person here, Kim. Hey, guys. Verified black person. Verified. Did you pay your $8 to Elon Musk? Credit score below 600. You got that little blue check? (laughs) She's verified. And and of course, and in uh, typical fashion, we have completely talked over her. Yeah, really. Uh, What what did you think about this? Oh, uh, she's got notes. What did I think? Wait, I'm going to talk over you. Sorry, because we have to start with the plot. Because we have to start with the plot of what's actually happening in this film. So obviously, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, has died, and the film does. uh, I think the right decision of saying they never really say what killed him, but clearly some kind of disease, some sort of ailment. It wasn't like a doesn't feel like it was like in the middle of a battle type thing. Like something has been killing him over time, right? And they even in the film insinuate that he was being quiet about it. Oh, did oh wow! Yeah, like like okay. Well, like I didn't see the movie, life. so I, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, what are so. you doing here? I, I, you came here. I right, was Marco, like, right. our co-core. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing here either. But right off the bat, it establishes that Letitia Wright, who plays his sister Shuri, uh, you know, is the sort of the head scientist at Wakanda. Is you know when it starts, it's like okay, he's not dead yet. Um, like they're fighting like last minute to try and figure out something to fix it. It's too late. 
he's dead. But yeah. the problem is, if you remember the last movie, uh, Michael B. Jordan came in and was like, you know what? I'm just going to set fire to all the shit that makes Black Panthers in the first place. So there's no more of that plant at all anymore. I'll be the last one. And uh, that's not good because he's dead and uh, Chadwick Boseman is dead. And uh, now there's no hope for a new Black Panther. Meanwhile, on the world stage, uh, America and all the other countries of the UN are like, um, this vibranium shit you got going on. Maybe we should talk about that because uh, we'd kind of like to take that. Then there's incursions going on. Like, and everyone's like, I, that wouldn't me. Wouldn't me. What? <laughs> it's is like, come on, it sounds pretty fun. Let's play with the vibranium. Let's do this. I mean, it's super powerful. And they also establish for the first time in the MCU anyway, that uh, like stuff that detects metal can't even detect it. Right. Right. But yeah. The problem is that they say, oh, there's everybody's looking for it anywhere that they can't go into Wakanda in space. But they're like, oh, there maybe there's more somewhere else. So someone somewhere has invented a machine that can actually detect vibranium. Uh, turns out there's a whole nother race of people under the water who are like. Yeah, we got that shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? We didn't, but the comic nerds did. The comic nerds you did. You fucking nerds. Yeah. Although, I don't know if the vibranium in the comics was I, I don't know if that was one of the... I mean, I, I think You know what? I do know. I knew. Uh, I mean, I'm going to... You I, did not. I, I had no Are idea. Are you making but, shit up again? Oh, 100%. We've already yeah. established you didn't even see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pipe down, right? <laughs> no, I, I think it's fair to say that they have... Uh, recontextualize the character of Namor and the Atlanteans a little bit for this movie, but in ways that I think work with the narrative. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have all the the Wakandan surviving characters that you're still familiar with here with Danai Gurira. Is that how it's pronounced? I'm not sure. As Okoye, who is the general, the Dora Maje, who is a total badass and we love her. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah, she's amazing. Winston Duke returns as Mabaku, who is a bad guy kind of in the comics, but they've recontextualized him in the MCU as sort of like a, I'm part of the discussion in Wakanda and I don't always agree with everybody, but I'm definitely not a bad guy. He's the loyal opposition. Yes. He's a friendly adversary. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then you have... Um, oh my God! Who's playing the queen? Um, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett oh is I'm sorry. returning as the queen, uh, you mean which the is the queen, which yeah. is typecasting. They're like, we need someone to play a queen. Can we just hire a queen? Yes, they can. <laughs> and then, of, of course, eventually, uh, we get like a, you know this total hottie of the the previous films. Right? Now I uh, feel like this is where Kim is going to have the most to say. Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, from, I thought you were talking about the Nokuerta, who no, is the total hottie of the show. <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o. Returning I'm a straight as, guy, and even I was like, this is the total hottie of this well, show. Sorry, returning as uh, Chadwick Boseman's ex, who's like, uh, okay, yeah, no, I'm still here. Eventually, should have been Black oh, Panther. I'm on the same page as Chris. As soon as we saw her, I was like, babe. Oh, oh my, my God. God. And she's a, playing a headmaster of a school in Haiti. She's Dressed perfect. in a, I don't even know, some type of crop top. Long dress, beautiful, beautiful. Is so hot in this movie. Oh, they're all and so well dressed because often they're either really well dressed or wearing no clothes. Like Tanak Huerta Magia, who is introduced as a and introducing in the credits as Namor, who is the Marvel equivalent of Aquaman, except they're not doing him like Aquaman at all. Yeah, he's way cooler and he has fucking wings on his feet. Well, he's the uh, he is the. 
what is it, Mayan, Incan sort of Aztec, culture? He's an Aztec. Yeah. No, he, Aztec. they say specifically that they're speaking like a variant of Mayan. Yeah. They're much more of a Mayan culture, but not unlike, again, it is kind of a counterpoint to Wakanda, which is this fictional pan African influenced culture. Here it's very Mesoamerican. But yeah, they're definitely closer to Maya. They you even see Mayan temples in the background uh-huh. at times. Look, and every yeah, you it's know. all underwater, and they there's a, of course a, a flashback sequence of like here's what happened, uh, why they're all underwater and related to all that stuff, and why he's the only guy who's not blue because everybody else is from Avatar Two or where the water <laughs> when they get out of the water yeah. when they get out of the yeah. water. Pay attention, Jim Cameron. This is how you do blue people. He's the only one who's not, and he's hot and sexy, and is well. If James people are upset about an all-powerful no. nation of black people, they're really going to be upset about a super-powerful nation of water-breathing, air-breathing, Aztec Mayan people. I feel like, like it's a on. horrible wetback joke. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really, because at some point, I love the idea that there's maybe some white people in the country going. <laughs> Holy shit, that brown dude said he was going to cross this ocean and come fuck company. us up. I didn't even think about that. You uh, just no. gave every racist, like, hey. <laughs> no, I was just like, oh my I God. I can't believe that never occurred to me. I was like, and oh my Just God. to pre- prevent us from being canceled, uh, Marcos is a verified Mexican person. Yes, my name is Marco Noyola, and I can actually pronounce the name Tinoc Huerta Mejia. Wait, you're so, Mexican? Yes. Yes. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, So the one white guy in the whole film really is Martin Freeman. Who plays an American. Everett K. Ross (laughs) has appeared in quite a few of the the films and television series so so far. He was agent of the CIA. He was a big part of the previous Black Panther film. He's been in a few TV shows. Uh, And he is very sympathetic towards the Wakandans because they saved his life. And he's kind of turning into a double agent in this film. Yeah. You know, we're like, okay, the CIA has their own thing because Julia Louise Dreyfus returns as her character from the TV shows uh-huh. and where you're like, oh, she's the one who almost certainly is going to be leading their version of the Suicide Squad. She's basically yeah. the, she's the evil Nick Fury. Yeah. Or, or not or Nick Fury. morally but, conflicted uh, Nick Fury. She's the one who puts the team yeah. together. Not Nick, Amanda, uh, what's her name from the Waller. DC? Amanda, Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. Yeah. She's Amanda she's Waller. She's a little close to Amanda Waller. Yeah. 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 Did y'all catch that? They were married? Yeah. They kind of yeah. threw that in. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Nice little like, what? Because yeah. I can't believe that did happen in the comics at some point. I could be wrong. And also, good for Martin Freeman. Yeah, right? You know? Oh, yeah. Score. Julie really, Louise Especially Dreyfus. if it was during the 90s. Oh, oh yeah. So she's in it a decent amount as well, though they didn't do as much with her as I, I, I would have hoped. Because I'm really anxious about... I love her so much as an actress, and I love that they've introduced her as this character. I'm like, ooh, more, more, more. Sure, sure. Yeah. But Wait for phase six. <laughs> but Freeman is uh, playing the guy who's like kind of trapped between worlds, really, here. It's like, I want to keep my job. <laughs> I'm a very high-paid, upper-level CIA guy, but right. also... I can't say no. Right. You, you could say a multiverse of lives that he's leaving. <laughs> oh, living right now. But shit goes down, man. Like right. And everyone's it, blaming the Wakandans. And well, he's the oh, one guy saying we, we haven't said what, because there's a offshore drilling platform that is looking actively for vibranium, and it's attacked, and everyone on it is killed, including presumably Lake Bell, who has a weird cameo in it uh but like they're like oh we're just assuming it's the wakandans because we've been to the, there was already we see the before that a un meeting they're like give us the vibranium and they're like fuck you 
Uh, so, but it's not. It's these other guys. And so then you've got the whole Atlanteans going to the uh, Wakandans going, look, you are either with us or you're against us. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Meanwhile, in the middle of all this, Letitia writes, Shuri is um, just trying to keep her shit together over the death of her brother, where yeah. she is really, really not dealing with it, dealing with it and, uh, and dealing with it in her own way of putting herself into science as much as possible, like trying to figure out new stuff, how to defend themselves, you know, not like vaxxing people. And, uh, and so, uh, I'm going to say that because she's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I, I'll, if I'll only T'Challa had not listened to her and just taken the vaccine, oh that's all I'm God. saying. <laughs> I'll it's get, a really weird, you know. It, it's, we it's begged him not to say there. this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but there's also concern about like a lot of people. Like the idea is that Wakanda can't defend itself without a Black Panther, and it uh, seems to be widely known there's not going to be a new Black Panther. Yeah, because with, no it's more. been a year later. That's really what the story takes place is after uh, uh, T'Challa died, and now Angela Bassett is queen. She became queen again, and. They, they don't have this defense uh, of Black Panther and like, well, and I don't know, like the scene where she's speaking at the United Nations, like, it's like, you don't fucking need a Black Panther, really. She uh, comes in and she drops the she fuck comes out of in that bike, hot. man. <laughs> well, that's why you hire Angela Bassett. I mean, fuck. she's a strong, like, dominant woman, if I've ever seen one. And I've met her. She's small. but You've she met her? Yeah, she, but she is, has just queen energy vibrating oh, over yeah. her. God. When she comes in there and she just fucking tells them all what it's about i'm like mm-hmm. god bless yeah. you Angela. i i do kind of disagree with y'all that black panther wasn't as big a part of this movie and i know the director said it's mostly about wakanda but just because black panther for wakanda was their protector mm-hmm. and so possibly not a lot of things in this movie wouldn't have happened if wakanda wasn't seen by the world as now being vulnerable without its protector without its king right so that opened the door for all of these uh other countries to try and steal their vibranium which kind of kicked off the whole conflict of the movie mm-hmm. that so that kicks it off and then throughout the movie Letitia wright's character sherry is trying to figure out because at a certain point it's up to her and angela bassett as the last two royals to figure out how they're going to defend their country. So she has to step up along with her mother and, and try and what try and find a new protector or something to inspire the people and the world to know that Wakanda is not vulnerable. Like they think it is. Right. And what's interesting is that Shiri is very much, uh, uh, she's very much a modern woman. She's like, I'm not really on all these rituals. I'm not into the superstition. You know, that worked for us. You know, it, it's about science. That's what we got to put our hopes in. And, you know, her mother, of course, is trying to keep her on a more traditional path. And how does this country move forward? And with the discovery of, uh, it actually has another name. It's not Atlantis. It's, what was it? It was like T- uh, Talacan or something. T- Talacan or something like that. Yeah. What they find out is there is an entire other culture that has access to vibranium. And our entire culture has been that, you know, basically the gods gave us this. We are the only people with this. This was kind of what makes us special and unique. They have to rethink their entire backstory. Everything about it is kind of like this is we're in new uncharted territory and uh, without T'Challa to lead, uh, you know, how do they move forward? Because that was how they ended Black Panther with T'Challa realizing that, you know, Wakandan has an obligation to help the world. 
And now a year later after he's gone, the rest of the world is like, hey, remember you guys said you were going to pro- – you promised that you guys were going to help us? And they're like, well, that's we what the king said. giving you vibranium. Yeah. And, and, then, and then, of course, you know, uh, 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 Namor shows up. He's like uh, – I didn't agree to this. Yeah. And now these people are showing up on my doorstep looking for this shit because you won't give it to them. And my people are a threat. So you're either going to help me repel those attacks or I am going to well, fuck you all up. More so repel those attacks. He says, it's time to just take over the service world and destroy it. Why yeah, do we Before they come it? for us. Like, yeah. You have a choice. You can either help us directly attack them because we have the advantage of this precious metal that is incredibly powerful and we can take them although he probably doesn't know the Hulk exists yeah uh, you, know. you know I don't think they have like cable down there, uh, but, uh, I don't know uh, Mbaka does say like he might be a little stronger than Hulk I, I think they're bigger yeah. I think they have more uh, Wi-Fi in Wakanda than they do in Atlantis they seem to be pretty happy down there <laughs> And don't seem to be really up to speed on what's been going on on the surface. Oh, yeah. They have 56K, yeah. But his entrance into Wakanda is so baller because they literally like, no, no, no. We're Wakanda. Nobody gets in here. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, a fly can't get into Wakanda without all of us knowing about it. Like, yeah, I can. Because I got my ways. and Yeah, uh, he goes under the water. That bothered me, where I was like, you guys didn't seriously set up your detection system under the water, really? They like, didn't know There's he... no such thing as, like, underwater, like, incursions? Okay. He, they didn't know he had a system of tunnels that just yeah. sped him all over the world. They're expecting, they're expecting submarines and mechanical things to come through the water, not a, a man with feather ankles. I had a moment. Thank you. I had a moment. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, like, you know, hardcore, like, uh, scuba guys coming in, whatever. I don't Hold know. Hold on one second. Hardcore scuba guys. I know some hardcore scuba guys. Don't fuck with me. I will send them after you. They got those feathers on those feet. <laughs> uh, but we haven't even mentioned one of the new big Marvel characters who yeah. comes into this. Riri Williams played by Dominic Thorne, who also has had prominent roles in If Beale Street Could Talk and Judas and the Black Messiah, both really incredible films. Oh, yeah. Uh, she comes in as like the person who invented the thing that could Detect vibranium, but she did it as a... She's just a college student. She's 19 years old. The CIA stole it. They never really get into that, what happened there. It's just clear she didn't even know that happened. She's like, this was just my project at school. Like, okay, so I guess CIA was like, saw it and went like, grab. Uh, But she's like, college student, and Namor and all the... uh, Not Atlanteans, but... Tamorchians or whatever it is. Talacan. Yeah, yeah. Talacanians are like, no, we got to kill that bitch. Because uh, she can protect that. You're, you're, no, you're shaking your hands like, wait, hold oh, on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I kind of filled in the blanks with the school project. Like, oh, I'm sure the CIA just went to MIT and said, right, professor, yeah. assign this project and one of you eggheads is going to figure it out for I us. Mean, I, I, I'm it did, very sure the CIA keeps close eyes on what's going yeah. on with MIT. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> MIT it, in it, it did life, feel They like, invented what? Get that. We need that right it, now. It did feel like a 90s thing we're just like take that kid's project and we're gonna make it a rocket well she didn't even know and then like suddenly two people from wakanda show up and go like hey um you know everyone's trying to kill you and you should probably come with us when, okay let's real quick can we go back to the costumes again when they show up to mit like both look so fucking awesome they looked great okay so like at least sherry looked like plausibly a college student. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. But also, uh, oh, I forget her character's name. Oh, fuck. Uh, 
Koye. She but shows it, up right they, off the bat. You're like, you are just dressed as a superhero. Sure. <laughs> but also, I want their sunglasses so badly. Their sunglasses yeah. are so fucking cool. Like, they're, they're big enough, but not too big. I don't know what it was, but I want them. I appreciated a lot that this movie had some jokes that I know were just for the black people. <laughs> like, um, okay. Riri Williams B- called. By all means, tell me. One joke in particular that had me cracking up and the, the pale people around me had had like no joy from it was when Riri Williams, the first thing she says to Okoya is like, get away from me if you're ashy head or something. <laughs> the fact that ashy was in this movie killed me. I, I, told, was like, yes. I, still, I told you. I told That's you like I an insult somebody would say to you. I still right. don't know what that means, even after you exactly. explain it. I know uh, what that means. But I mean, okay. I got that. But it's, it's I will say thing. I'm all for changing white people to pay uh, to like uh, pale people. That sounds like more like it, it sounds more like ew. I'm trying to be PC. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but completely agree with what Wright was saying. The costumes were amazing. This is not 1999 X Men anymore. No. These costumes are gorgeous. They're functional. They're high tech. Exactly. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, exactly. Like any time that she's even in, uh, like the in the uh, the lab, like doing stuff, like she still looks great. Yeah, Leticia Ruth Carter's Wright. gonna win another Oscar. It's this year. fucking ridiculous. Like, and it's like this really. They look like active sweaters in a way, and I'm looking. I was like, I want to be that thin. Costuming is great. Uh, the score, although I don't. I don't like the generalized score as much as I did the first film by any means. Sure. But I do think that the sequences where they were like really, like especially in the first act where they're really into like playing the whole like, oh, this is the culture. This is playing the music of the culture stuff was like, oh man, it was, it it was both indulgent and uh, effervescent. It really, Yeah, the tribal sounds were really working for me. Obviously, the soundtrack wasn't quite as good as the first movie because they had Kendrick Lamar on the first movie, and he's just a a great artist, and his music brought a lot of power to that soundtrack. Uh, And I believe he wrote a lot of the songs, especially for the movie. I'm not really sure why he didn't come back for this one. Maybe he was busy. But um, they did did a lot of tribal music in this, a lot of drums, a lot of kind of um, throat vocal um, sounds in the background. that stuff when they're underwater and uh, they're like traveling to Telecan. And um, I think, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, But... (laughs) When they're doing that, like just like the like, is that even a real thing? We'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, but like the the soundtrack is, I thought was really cool. I mean, it's It's okay. It was riskier than the first one. The first one, it's easy to just drop a hit song into a movie and get a reaction. But yeah, to to rely on. No, but I'm not talking about the soundtrack. I mean the score, like the actual points where it's like uh, like orchestral music. I was like, okay, this is not as powerful as it was in the first one. No, I mean some of the novelty of it perhaps is worn off. It's certainly you know effective. It works. Yeah, I, I I think we do have to talk about some of the things that maybe don't work as well. Uh, Obviously. You know, it's missing Chadwick Boseman. They've done the best they can without it and constructed a story about it where I think that does have a strength. Uh, Excuse me, I'm kind of backtracking there. Uh, In in terms of like things that weren't necessarily working, it is a very long movie at two hours, 41 minutes. It does feel like there's some moments that could have been tightened. And a lot of it is when they go into the underwater realm. I can't say realm. Avatar 2. Avatar 2, and, you know, Balokan or whatever it's called. And, you know, it's like, it's beautiful world building, 
but the story comes to a crawl. Now, they used really good time in the first act where we're just having the entire nation of Wakanda process their grief. But that ends up becoming one of the strengths of the film, oddly enough, because we don't have a key protagonist anymore. This might be the first Marvel film that has like four protagonists and they're all female. And I just think we sure. should acknowledge that because it's yeah. at one point it's it's Letitia Wright's story. It's one point it's uh, it's Shuri's story. It's uh, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett's story. I'm getting the, the actor. The, I'm getting the actors and the character names mm-hmm. mixed up because to me there's just well, so linked lot, together. It has a lot going on. And the problem with the film is not that it has a lot going on. I don't think. I, I, I don't think that's there at all. I mean, like, I have issue, real issues with this, and part of it is that running time. I think there's a lot of overindulgence in the death of Chadwick Boseman here, and I'm not trying to be... Like, I think the first 10 minutes or so of this film nails for audiences the emotional impact of the death of Chadwick Boseman. But I feel like it, the movie keeps like taking breaks where it has nothing else to do, where it's just people throwing themselves on the grave and screaming, crying. And but like, all four of those women much. are responding. They're all processing their grief differently. Uh, I, I understand that. It's just like as a movie watcher watching it, it was like, oh, my God, can we move this forward? And I think this movie slows to for MCU films is one of the slower paced films sure. of movies. Like in terms of action, there's only a few action scenes in this. Now, when it does it, it's great. It's really, really good. I have no complaints about any of the action moments in here, but uh-huh. I feel like there's long points of like, Oh my God, this could have, there's stuff that could have been cut I, out here. I felt it worked better as a drama. Cause I knew, like I always know going into a Marvel thing, we're going to get to that third act and it's just going to be, CGI people fighting endlessly. Well, I will say they did something really interesting in this with the Namor character. I Not only did I love that we got to see his backstory in full, where it was an actual flashback. It took us back to the 16th, uh, 16, 16th century? 1571, I think yes. it was. Yeah. So we went back to the olden oh. days. We got to see him, his mother, his tribe, and what kind of motivated him to have the personality he has now. Yeah. Which, of course slavery uh you know that that'll immediately get me on the side of the antagonist (laughs) if if you're if you're just like fighting against the man which he kind of was the spaniards just get ryan coogler to write your villains and you will have a very good villain so just like the first movie with uh killmonger namor was a great villain i thought i i saw no weaknesses with him um i thought his He's a similar villain in some ways. He's a similar villain, especially with motivation. He feels like a certain group of people did him wrong. Yeah. The first movie, Killmonger, felt like the Wakandans. And honestly, the the colonizers were bad people in this movie. uh, Namor thinks the surface people are bad, which is kind of everybody. That's not uh, Atlantean or whatever they're called. So I I really enjoyed him. I I like that he, at one point, tries to make peace. Or not peace, but uh, an agreement. With the Wakandans, he he really is just like, we can be on the same side or we can have beef and you don't want to have beef with us. Yeah. Which I enjoyed because the movie starts off with Angela Bassett showing that Wakanda is still the most powerful country in the world, the surface world. So for the Atlanteans to come in and they're honestly stronger than them. If if there was an actual full-on war that would happen, you, you're not sure who would win yeah. because Wakanda has the technology and they have the vibranium. But the Atlanteans, they have 
they have like mutant strength. Not not just Namor has strength. We see that his soldiers also can get back up after taking a beating. That's right. So yeah, they're yeah. really strong and they have vibranium. So it's yeah. pretty evenly matched. There's a lot of like questions about technology I have here in terms of what the themes are because there's... Uh, I mean, I know Elon Musk didn't write this movie, but like, there's a lot of like, wait, uh, wait what I, I is think the Elon right Musk task? would have been like, you know, mine owners have their good points too. <laughs> he just bought the rights to write to to say that he wrote the movie. Right, we got to. We're already at the point. We got to final thoughts. Kim, why don't you finish up with your final thoughts? Okay. And everybody, let's try and keep it short with those. So. So I thought it was a good sequel and they worked with what they had, kind of spinning off of what Marco said. They obviously lost the protagonist with Chadwick Boseman, but I think they filled the void really well with the actors they had uh, remaining who were all very, very strong in their own right in any movie. Angela Bassett, she's been the best in the game for the last like three decades. Um, Lupita Nyong'o and um, Letitia Wright, all really great. Uh, the movie did drag a little bit in the middle. It could have definitely tightened up a bit. There were a lot of scenes that were redundant, as Chris said, you know, obviously we're all mourning Chadwick, but I think the movie did it nicely where it kind of bookend the beginning, his funeral and the end. He had another uh, remembrance portion. So those two areas could have been kind of the only things in the movie. Uh, Outside of that, the villain, like I said, was really strong and I appreciated his powers. We didn't really touch on that, but him and his people can they have like siren powers so he they can hypnotize people with their songs from the water mm-hmm. uh namor he has little pigeon wings on his feet so he can fly really fast it's kind of goofy but it works well and i think the best power that i really love to see especially from a aquaman type character was that they were utilizing large sea creatures in battle yeah Every, and i i just thought that was a really cool visual to see you know the Atlantean people come into the come into a fight riding killer whales. That was a really cool visual, and that's something I've I've not seen from an you know Aquaman. Just comparing it to DC a little bit, he doesn't really utilize his water powers that much. So actually seeing a, a super powered uh, villain or 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 person mutant whatever it is with powers and they're taking advantage of sea, being in charge of like killer whales no, and sharks felt, was really felt, cool. It felt less like, look how cool this is. And more like, this is a military operation. Yeah, we this can is utilize this. Part of what we can do. It's more like utility. Yeah. It's like, the, it's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like if they were writing like animals in yeah. Wakanda too. Yeah, exactly. So as far as the action scenes go, just because of, of the effects like that and seeing the sea creatures, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the There was one scene in the beginning that was kind of a car chase scene that I thought was too much like the first movie. Um, they could have changed that up a little bit. That was my one action scene that I wasn't super in love with. It was still a great scene, but it was just a little bit too much like the car chase scene from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last criticism, as far as the um, colonizer characters, as I like to call them, Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Martin Freeman, they had a subplot that I felt was entirely unnecessary. Yeah, it was They just, really brought nothing to the it film. It was the equivalent of the non-existent, really, uh, post-credit scene. Yeah. Like, their whole plot was just like, this is that thing for the Marvel fans who are like, what, looking to see what's going to happen after this. Totally. Sure. So, if, yeah. if the movie needed to cut 
10, 15 minutes, they could have just cut their scenes or just have them do like a video call if you really have to see Martin Freeman. Because I, don't get me wrong, I love Martin Freeman. I love Julie, uh, Louis Dreyfus. I, I, I'll watch them paint a room, you know. But in this movie, with the runtime, it was unnecessary. So that was my, my, you know, kind of one criticism that in the one car chase action scene. Other than that, love the soundtrack. Absolutely love the costumes. All the actresses who were the leads. We love to see it. But, um, so I'm going to give this a 8 out of 10, uh, green swim trunks. I was going to say, well, I think that, like, those scenes were not bad or anything with those characters. It did completely feel like someone higher than Kevin Feige going, there has to be at least one or two white people in this movie. And that's what it felt like. That's how you you get movies made. You gotta, they were the diversity hires on this one. Marco? I still love that joke when they reveal that, you know, you had Martin Freeman and you had Andy Serkis in the first Black Panther. And they're like, holy shit, they're the Tolkien white guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I heard that. I hey, that I, I didn't invent that. That's one. a good joke. It's a good one. Anyway. Uh, Wright only complains about jokes that he didn't make. That's right. You know what? That is He's really just true. jealous. Yeah, absolutely accurate. Yeah. Go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I just felt that it was a little too long. I totally understand why they felt the need to take the time. And yet, for all of those little indulgences, those are the things that I actually responded to the most. Uh, we get lots of Marvel films where it's just, you know, lots and lots of action, lots of Easter eggs, lots of setup for other things. And during its best, quietest moments, it just said, look, we're dealing with a family who is processing the grief of someone who yeah. was very important to them, not only because it was their family member, but it was the leader of their country. And how are they going to move forward uh, without this figurehead? How do they pick up the mantle and not only keep their country safe, but keep their traditions alive and move into this new world, which T'Challa is the one who forced them into that new world. And now he's not there to guide them. Uh, and It's very bittersweet. And like I said, I was one of those people who kind of wanted them to recast I was my nightmare scenario was that they just, you know, handle it in a very clumsy manner. But I think it's done with a lot of respect. It's done with a lot of love. And those actresses just absolutely play the hell out of this uh, emotional uh, grieving process. To me, that was more interesting than these standard boss battles that, you know, people go pay to see in a Marvel movie. Uh, we have a lot of that. And so it was nice to break it up a little bit. I, I think I might have liked this better as a series, you know, but hey, uh, that's just me. And also, I agree, uh, Namor, uh, the guy who they got for that, never seen him in anything else, but it's a star turn and I look forward to seeing him in other Marvel properties because there's no way they're not going to bring him back somehow. It's just how are they going to do it? I don't He's know. He's going to fuck Sue Richards. <laughs> well, you know, that could I'm happen. That. Keep your fetish in your pants, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but how, did how you do you know, know that maybe, was my maybe, fetish? Maybe that, I was going to say, maybe that is his fetish. <laughs> He's like, no, I keep it in your pants. I, I really have a pair of your pants. I, I keep it on his heels with those feathers. exclusively watch Fantastic Ford cuckold videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's cuckold in time. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, God. yeah, Actually, I, I like that one. I know. You know, that was a bad one. Hey, you know, nobody writes these jokes for us. We're making this shit Except up as right, we go. Like you said. Um, <laughs> But yes, final thoughts. 
it's if you want to go back into the world of Wakanda, this is a loving and respectful uh, way to do it. I I don't know that we're going to get. I don't. They no spoilers, but I think we're getting more Black Panther down the line Shocker. some way. Uh, they're not going to let that go. But this is a good setup for that. I just <clears throat> wish it had been a little bit tighter. I'm going to give this eight out of ten dudes who look like Mexicans but live underwater and have shirts that say "Blue Lives Matter, pendejo." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty you guys good. have both given some really good thoughts on this, although you totally didn't listen to me the part where I said keep it short. But right. I liked Sorry. it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I liked it a lot. I I, 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 I really liked Black Panther, and um, I, I thought that they handled the, the character and Chadwick Boseman's death very respectfully, but also just uh, it, it worked with the story very well. You know... The, all the actresses, all the characters, I, I really liked them. And, you know, I understand the complaints with the, the, uh, the, the, t- the runtime of the film. I liked that it took its time with a lot of things. Now, granted, when they went to Telecon, um, they, it did feel like, I can show you the world. <laughs> uh, but, I kind of enjoyed that in a way. I kind of liked seeing this all world building and I was kind of enraptured by a lot of it. And, uh, I, I also liked that it wasn't just like battle after battle after battle after battle. And, um, I don't know. It just, it really understood each character's motivations very well. I thought it was very well written. I, I forgot like looking at IMDb and then the, the credits is like, fucking Ryan Coogler wrote this too. God damn, he's so fucking good. Uh, but you know, we can talk all day about the, the costuming and the, the, the production design, like just everything in the movie just looks great. And I thought it sounded great too. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things we could say about it and like how much we liked it, but uh, I'm going to give it, uh, eight out of 10 water bombs. Whoa. Those yeah. things are crazy. <laughs> there's a lot of water, different varieties of water bombs. Yeah. Or there. like also like huge amounts of water bombs sometimes. Yeah. Fucking A. And sometimes water bombs that work outside of the water, which you think would be like not as effective, but you know, but, Hey, they, it works. Maybe yeah, water know. is the most uh, powerful thing in the world. Look, um, I'm going to be the bad guy here and be the guy who liked this less than you guys did, but I still liked it a lot. Sure. Um, I think there's a lot of points where this could have lost some time. I think it gets a little overwrought emotionally. I think that in the, the first act really delivers on the, yes, we're all missing what Chad McBoseman did, what the series did, how well he did it. It delivered. I openly cried watching it. I was just like, this really is touching me. Like, experiencing this not just within the context of the film because they as i as we said previously don't get into what actually kills him but you can't help but i think it's done so cleverly that you're mourning chadwick boseman not black panther himself you know you're like okay it's it's really good like meta uh acknowledgement of everything of what happened to him it's really cool and it really does deal with loss but i think there's a point that you're like i think you're over dealing with the loss here i think there's a point that we can just move on and tell a movie and that was one of the things that kind of annoyed me a bit here was like you already got me you did it you accomplished it it was really well done and i get that that's always going to be a backbone of the story but i think there's a little too many sequences of people throwing themselves screaming hysterically onto the coffin in this film uh, uh like it 
just it, it went a little bit over it. And also, I thought that the like the underwater sequence, I like the uh, the uh, the Namor and his culture, but it did. It just kind of like felt a little too Avatar-y for me. I know everyone's like, "What well, you mean, Fern Gully?" Like, yes, it felt a little too Fern Gully for me. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is no Fern such thing. Gully? No, I, I, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It was just like it went on forever. It was like this. Have you ever seen Star Trek the Motion Picture? Who? Yes. Star Trek the Motion Picture. What's that? The first Star Trek movie. There's a movie? Yeah, there's a sequence <laughs> that goes on for like 10 minutes where they're like just circling the, the Enterprise and just looking. No, oh, I'm the, talking the about the Enterprise. Yeah, yes. you know the scene yes, where they're just yes. circling the Enterprise with heroic Star Trek music and you're like, oh my God, just fucking go on with the story. See, that's why like, I don't watch Star Trek. Uh, there's a huge sequence in the underwater like look at the it's Atlantis equivalent and like okay come on can we wrap this up please it's enough I get it it's like Mayan we got it they're, okay, they're picking seaweed come on uh, yeah, whatever it, like, it goes on too long and but ultimately the and I'll say this right from the get go I was a little biased against this film because sure. Letitia Wright is kind of a piece of shit she has openly been an anti-vaxxer anti-science person that in the middle of the pandemic and was paid, paid, had to be negotiated, paid to take a vaccine to do this movie. And I go, wow, you suck. You but, suck. But, and she plays a character who's a hero of science. So I felt, and I mean this in the literal, literal way, nauseous watching her be the main character of this film. Like, really felt kind of sick watching her be that. But just, and it just to say, the film for me. Sure, but just to say, I mean, she's a great actress. I mean, no. everything that she's saying in Lots the movie, people, you know and then is, she doesn't believe in any. Hey, man, you know who's a great actor? Kevin Spacey. He is. Yeah. Wait, what's wrong? Did he do anything bad? Yeah, he did a few things. <laughs> he did? I'm just saying. And now you're going to tell me that Mel Gibson did, like, said some shit. Uh, I'm, we're not going to go there. <laughs> anyway, the upshot is that I think this is a good movie that suffers from a lot of stuff that were maybe a little bit beyond their control to some extent. Because it's, when you look tough. at the cast of the first one as well, you're like, well, who else is going to be the main character other than Letitia yeah. Wright in this one? You know, she seems set up to be that in the first place. Again. Get it. There were a lot of issues, but I I think I came out of it at the end going, I liked it. I just didn't totally love it. Sure. So I'm going to give it seven and a half out of 10 super lame looking ankle wings. <laughs> oh, give those ankle wings a break. They, they were so cute. Sucked. They were working hard. They sucked. I was like, you know, I get it. It's a Kirby thing. You got to keep the ankle wings. But I'm like... Couldn't we just make him decorative rather than what's actually making him fly? I mean, you know, I mean, it's a good thing it was released now and not when I was a kid because, you know, I grew up in an era where we, we didn't see ourselves represented in mainstream movies. And so suddenly, if I had been like a seven-year-old kid and there's like a Mexican dude who's like in the water with wings on his feet... I would have been the first kid to die when he bought the toys with wings and jumped into the pool and they just ended up filling with water and drowning me. How long before there's a sneaker that's available with those? It's Two days from now. Two days. Two days. That's okay. right. Kanye's going to uh, uh, well, make Well, maybe not him. was. <laughs> They're going to be $1,000 each. 